Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Lauren O'Neill. And I'm Nico Bakulich. And let's get biblical. Awesome. But first, we have some things to tell you about. <laughs> the things are, I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian, but I am now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. And, <laughs> and uh, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast, but I could see how you might be confused because we do read the Bible and study it. Mm-hmm. And one of us is an ex-Christian. But we also call it Bibble and make <laughs> jokes about circumcision that get us in trouble with the antactivists. Um, also, it's usually there's usually like violence and, and sexual violence and stuff. So... Sorry about that. Sorry about the Bible. It's not for children. It's basically terrible. And by extension, um, this podcast is not for children, but instead of being terrible, it rocks. Nice. (laughs) Also, we're dating. We've been dating for like nine years. Mm. I feel like we got to mention that because we haven't in a while and I'm starting to get some sexual harassment on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Super. Um, That just means you're a success on the internet. Great. (laughs) Yeah, there's Google searches for my feet now. (laughs) That's how you know you've really made it. Uh, Is there anything else? No, but I would like to say, so I guess yes. (laughs) (laughs) We... This is the first episode in a couple of them that is just me and you. Yes, we're back to uh, back to classic Sunday school dropouts. <laughs> exactly, classic Sunday school dropouts. Uh, we want to thank all of our guests. They were extremely lovely, all of them, um, and very brilliant. Yeah, and we'll have some more of them on in the near future. Very soon. So if you haven't heard those eps, stop this right now and go download those. No, finish this one first. Actually, no, this one has spoilers <laughs> for the last couple eps, weirdly. We'll get into that. <laughs> we will. Um, so today we are talking about the book of First Chronicles. Now, First Chronicles, like First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, started as one book and was uh, divided into two mm-hmm. at some point along the line. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hebrew name is Debrei Hayamim, which means the things of the days, which I guess means you know like. Just like a history of stuff that happened. Things of the days. It's like the worst soap opera name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so then when they when they did the Septuagint, uh-huh. which is like the um, the Greek translation of the Old Testament before right. Christians, they called it like the things omitted. Right. So I guess it was supposed to be like you know, like the bonus material. Like if the Bible mm-hmm. was operating on a. A freemium model of income, then this would be, the, you know, the premium content. Actually, that's not true. This is actually like the free part. <laughs> the stuff we read like yes. two episodes ago was the premium. You definitely get this part for free, and then it'd be like, want to read more about any of these characters? Um, because basically, this is a. Uh, it's like a summary of the stuff that happened in Samuel and Kings, mm-hmm. and. I don't really know. I mean, it was like basically written for like political purposes to link like post-Babylonian exile Israelites with pre-Babylonian exile Israelites and to kind of like say, yeah, we're still here. We're still a community. We're still a people. God still favors us. Yeah. Actually, that's um, in my Bible. The footnotes uh, say the the burning issue was the question of continuity with the past. Is God still interested in us? <laughs> 
How to tell if God is still yeah. interested in it's you. It's like, girl, if you have to ask. Yeah. It's, it's like, time I, to either go to couples therapy or DTMFA. No, it's like I texted her like a week ago <laughs> and she hasn't responded. Do you think she's just really busy or do you think it's over? Let's write a book of the Bible and see if that helps. So, yeah, basically the author of Chronicles, a.k.a. The Chronicler. <laughs> Which is a badass name. People it, thought it was Ezra, right? People forever, they thought it was Ezra. Yeah, that's um, that's one of the traditional ascriptions. Who's a dude I don't know anything about, besides the fact that he's easy, rah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we don't know anything about him because we haven't gotten to him yet because... Thank you for letting that slide. First and second Chronicles are, like, written after... A bunch of the stuff that we still have to read. Like they're included a chronologically. Yeah, well, in the I'm Bible. not going to pretend that that sentence made any sense to me, but. I don't know. What, like they were written after Job, after Zechariah. Okay. Like books that we, that are like three, four or five books in the future for wow. us. Um, but for some reason they're included here. It also references writings by, I mean, like. Remember a couple episodes ago and it was like talking about the Book of Kings mm-hmm. and it was the like. The books of the annals of the kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were like, I don't have anything else to look for. You mm-hmm. know, it's we're already in the Book of Kings. It, so it references that and it references writings by Nathan and Gad and like other prophets. And I guess those are just lost to time. So because of all those things you said that it's basically like, let's let's be honest here. It's the clip show. Yeah. Of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> this is where one of the characters gets hit on the head and all the other characters have to explain to them important moments from their life. That happened in the last 35 yes. episode season. So like virtually nothing in here is new. So like we start with nine chapters. <laughs> of genealogy. Of genealogy. Like starting with Adam. So somebody, I don't know who it is, but somebody out there is getting hard as hell reading all this ge- genealogy. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know because my great uncle was like a genealogist after he retired Mm -hmm. and that's like all he did and uh, just always had stuff going on, like always had big piles of folders of genealogy trees and shit and like trace our lineage back to the Mayflower and uh, I cannot imagine what your life has to be like to be that interested in genealogy. I mean, I can't imagine because I know who my great uncle was, which is he was never married and he lived with like 10 cats. He was a crazy cat lady, but a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually, he was pretty awesome <laughs> now that I think about it. So genealogy is awesome. And if you like genealogy, welcome to the correct podcast because we're going to talk about it for nine chapters right now. Are we really? No. Oh, thank God. But there are nine chapters of it, starting with Adam. We go all the way. We go to like Noah. We go to the sons of Noah. Yes. With several diversions down a couple of different branches yes. of the of the path here. Um, There's like... Usually it just says their names, mm-hmm. but um, occasionally it'll throw in a little tidbit. You know, like when we get to Nimrod, of course it mentions he was a mighty warrior in the eyes of the Lord. He was the first one to become mighty in the eyes of the Lord, yeah, it says. that dude. That's what I call him, Nimrod, I, a mighty warrior. I just don't understand. I still don't understand that. <laughs> was nobody else, nobody else was strong before Nimrod? He was the first person where like... He was the first person to get swole. Like, there were, there were so few people in history that he was the first one that somebody's like, man, that dude is fucking jacked. He's got abs like a fucking ninja turtle. Yeah. You know? He's, he's like, shredded like lettuce. He's That's why he got his name Nimrod, because he's like, uh, uh, all his Where muscles are, are as hard as a rod. And um, 
He's very nimble. We Lauren? Can, we can cut this. Can I talk to you over here for a second? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you want? You're fired. <laughs> oh, no. I need this job. <laughs> you don't, though. I have a wife and three kids at home. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's forget that that ever happened. Yeah, so we just get lineages, like nine chapters of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like when we get to, like, David's time, we get the lineage of his, like, court musicians or, like, his, like, church yes. musicians. Yes, yes. Uh, including one man who's called He-Man the Musician. <laughs> Bring this man back from the dead <laughs> and make him our king. Yeah, He-Man the Musician. Shout out to uh, a soft son of Berakaya. <laughs> Plays a mean harp. And then in chapter nine, we get a really fascinating breakdown of all the Levites, which are the priestly class. And who did what priestly role during David's reign? Lauren's eyes literally rolled out of her head and onto the ground. Right <laughs> uh, you know. Like, They're uh, in the carpet, and frankly, the carpet is filthy. Yeah, I haven't vacuumed in here in a while. Um, we got Mattathiah, son of Shalom. He, <laughs> These names all make me giggle. He baked the offering bread. Although, frankly, I would have I would have given the baker job to Zechariah. <laughs> Why? Have you tasted his challah? Mwah. Mamma mia. Okay. The wrong culturally insensitive <laughs> remark to make there. It's okay. Uh, I thought you were going to say something about zacchini bread. Oh. You also get a, a list of who's in charge of furniture, holy utensils, and making flat cakes. Wait, who makes flat cakes? It must be Zachariah who makes flat cakes. You mean Mattathiah. Zechariah got fucking shafted. <laughs> Zechariah, of course, appointed shaft master in 550 <laughs> BC. Uh, no, making flat cakes is much better than baking the holy bread, If you, in my opinion. Why? Uh, Why? Those little flat cakes? Why? <laughs> Yum. Why? <laughs> What's in the flat cakes? I don't know. These are, like the, these are like the holy breads for offerings, right? Unleavened cakes and whatnot? That well, you that you dip a little. If they're for offerings, then we're already talking about the, we're talking about the same bread. We are talking about the same bread. I just prefer to think of them as flat cakes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So then you can get the my, flat cake boss in there. <laughs> my head cannon says that they're that they're flat cakes. Oh, you know about head cannon? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, uh, so then we get to uh, chapter. I don't know, ten. <laughs> ten. Yeah, Saul dies. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's when the real like plot starts. But it's all stuff that we already learned in second samuel so summarized fairly succinctly and, yeah. st- and straightforwardly yeah so like saul dies in battle mm-hmm. um david becomes king mm-hmm. there's conveniently no mention of like the civil war like the houses of david and saul fighting mm-hmm. um or any of the political assassinations that joab committed it's true or anything like that. David is just It's all subsumed under sort of under under David's ascent, which is exactly like the way that they would shaft Joab in this, man. Like Joab did all the right things. Like Joab Well, actually these are the things that Joab supposedly did wrong was were those political assassinations. That's why his house got cursed. I know, but But so but I mean like it's it's kind of smoothing it over. It's like Yeah. It's like no, everything was cool. Because part of the political motivation of this book, I guess, apparently from what I can tell, mm-hmm. 
according to my footnotes, <laughs> is <laughs> to make it seem like Israel has this mighty past mm-hmm. and um, everything was cool and we can just go back to that and be God's chosen people again. And that when God gave David an eternal dynasty, that it was like right. Yeah. And there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And it will persist forever, even when they spend a thousand years in exile in Persia. Was it a thousand years? Supposedly. Whoa. Or something like that. I don't know. That man. doesn't make sense. Because it only happened in like 800 BC or something. I don't know. Okay, whatever. They spent... I mean, the Bible is very loosey-goosey with numbers. So a thousand years could mean like 50. <laughs> Let's just run through the rest of this of this history real quickly. Because we've already covered it in previous eps. Um, some of them with delightful guests, for example. There's just like a brief bit of history where like David builds Jebus. Jebus? Uh, uh, David builds Jebus. Oh, Jebus. Now I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Now every listener is like, oh, it's Jebus. The course. city also known as Jerusalem. Oh, Yerushalayim. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get like uh, the recap of the Mighty Men. Yeah, we get to visit with some of our favorite dudes once more. Yes. Um, you know, hang on, let me let me turn a page. I don't want to get anything about the mighty men wrong. They're the most important part. Here we go. <laughs> Beautiful foley work. She did that all with her mouth. <laughs> These were the chiefs of David's mighty men. They, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land, as the Lord had promised. This is a list of David's mighty men. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is like pretty much exactly the same list as we went over in Second Samuel. But I'm just going to recap a little. Uh, for example, do you remember uh, Jashobam, a Hakmonite? Shouldn't it be Hasmonite? Might be a typo. Uh, Anyway, he was chief of the officers. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed in one encounter. Mm-hmm. Next to him mm-hmm. was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahohite. Does yours have Dodai? D-O-D-A-I? Mine has Eleazar, son of Dodo. Dodo? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, no, nigh. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he was another one of the three mighty men. He was with David at Pas Damim when the Philistines gathered there for battle. Ah, I remember this. At a place, there was a field full of barley. The troops fled from the Philistines, but they took their stand in the middle of the field. They defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. And uh, then we get the story about, like, how they... These battle stories just fade into, like, nothing in my brain. They're like <laughs> they're like meringue. They just disappear on my tongue. Oh. Wow. Except the tongue of my ears. I would be <laughs> I would be really interested in both uh medically examining the tongue of your ears and witnessing the meringue battle. Anyway, it has the story about how they like went and uh got some water from David's favorite well. Right. And then we he was like, No, this. no, no, yeah. I just I didn't mean it literally. Unfortunately, we don't get the name of the third mighty man of these three. Joshua Bam. Eleazar and some unnamed mighty man. Okay. Which would you fuck, which would you marry, and which would you kill? Okay. That's tough. Now, let me just remind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Bam is a Hakmonite, <laughs> and he was chief of the officers. He raised his spear against 300 men, whom he killed in one encounter. So Hakmon is definitely a Pokemon. Uh, that's actually a Digimon. <laughs> Pokemon's names don't actually end with Mon, only Digimon. Pokemon are pocket monsters. <laughs> Uh, then we have Eleazar. 
um, who made some troops flee from a field full of barley. And then we have uh, some other guy. Okay. Uh, Mary Eleazar, because he's of the line of Dodo. And I want that name in my family. Uh, I fucked that Hackmanite because I hear they hung. Um, <laughs> and I think I'd kill the unnamed one just to just to clean up the historical records a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, me personally, I I might take a different tack. I think I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna marry Joshua Bam because he could defend me against 300 men at one time. Okay. I'm gonna. You sure, you want to be defended against 300 men? Yes. Very sure. I'm gonna fuck the mystery man. Okay. Because you know, I no, I understand implicitly why yeah, you would fuck like, the mystery man. Who can resist such an enigma? Mm-hmm. And then, um, I guess I'm gonna kill Eliezer. Although it seems like it might be very challenging. That's what I was gonna say. Also, it's very difficult to kill any of these dudes. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, fuck Mary, kill of the other mighty men, uh, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, Abishai, the brother of Joab. Oh, yeah. Or Uriah the Hittite. Now, just to uh, bring you up to speed with some of these mighty men, uh, Benaiah struck down two of Moab's best men. He went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. <laughs> and he struck down an Egyptian who was seven and a half feet tall. Mm-hmm. And very handsome, from what I understand. Yes. Um, although it doesn't mention that here. I guess that was... That's the kind of detail you can only get from premium Second Samuel content. <laughs> Subscribers know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Abishai raised his spear against 300 men. Wow, it's just the same as Joshua Bam. But uh, he was doubly honored above the three and became their commander. <laughs> so, And then uh, Uriah the Hittite was married to Bathsheba, who David stole and then sent Uriah the Hittite to the front lines where he was killed. Mm-hmm. Uh Although that is conspicuously not mentioned in this book. Mm-hmm. What do you think, FMK? Okay, you marry Abishai so that you can be brothers-in-law with Joab. Who, oh, you stole my answer. Who's the man? You uh, kill Uriah because he's going to get done either way. That's, um, that's wise. And I guess that means that you fuck... Uh, Benaiah. Benaiah. Son of Jehoiada. Struck down an Egyptian who was seven and a half feet tall. Yeah, that's pretty hot, I guess. He's good with animals, right? That's uh, a, that's an attractive quality in a man. If being good with by being good with animals, you mean killing a lion? Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, if I can get it. Okay, I think you stole you stole my answer. I think I would do. Nobody this. asked you. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Nobody did. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. So after naming all of these important men, these mighty men, the 30 of them. 30 of them, which uh, total 37. <laughs> the 30 mighty men, a.k.a. there were 37 of them. Shaking my head. Uh, <laughs> we get more info about who was in David's armies, including a bunch of people that deserted from Israel. Yes, deserted from, from Saul. Mm-hmm. When David was briefly a Philistine vassal, which was not mentioned in the earlier books. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. And there were some Benjamites. Um, it says they can... They could sling stones right-handed and left-handed, left-handed. because mm-hmm. as we all know, Benjamites are left-handed, despite their name meaning son of my right hand. Which the Bible thinks is endlessly hilarious. Yeah, they've brought it up several times now. 
Also have some gadites, um, who have the faces of lions, and they were as swift as gazelles. That sounds terrifying. Talk about good with animals. I'm reconsidering that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Processing. <laughs> joke rejected. <laughs> oh, and, then uh, we, and then we uh, we rock on along. Uh, some more David stories, like when he got the ark back. Yeah, and Uzzah touched it and died. Yeah. Uh, when David beats the Phillies in the Valley of Gezer. Classic stories. Yep. Great stories. Just uh, <laughs> putrid stories. <laughs> Filthy with the weight of history upon them. <laughs> you cannot even look at these stories. You'll be overwhelmed with the stench. David retrieves the Ark again um, after he got scared and ditched it in whatever town Uzzah got killed in. Um, the town that he got killed in is Perez Uzzah. Mm-hmm. It's named after his death. Uh, he's sing and dance a bunch. Michal despises him. We all remember this. Um, there's... <laughs> I, I can't tell if you're like being sarcastic or not. Because it's like, we literally did just go over this a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, probably most of our listeners do not remember by this point, so... <laughs> well, they need to get on the Bibble train, baby. Then David sings a sacred song when he gathers all the tribes of Israel together at Jerusalem. Did you read that sacred song? Um, let me look at my notes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. <laughs> In fact, I think I did. <laughs> um, it kind of mixes. Well, it didn't appear in Second Samuel. This is that's new. right. That's, this, this is, is brand new stuff. This is new content. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of mixes like these these very standard praise lines, like uh, "Glory in His Holy Name" and like "Let the heavens rejoice." Yep. With these kind of weird reminders to God, like you made a deal with Abraham. Mm-hmm. You're stuck with us. Mm-hmm. You're not backing out, are you? And then uh, there's a couple more scenes of, like, Nathan and David getting together. Yeah. Talking. Nathan uh, relaying messages. Mm-hmm. They sing some prayers of thanks. David defeats some more Philistines. Look, we've covered all of this. I, I apologize if this seems like, you know, some fast, half-hearted summary, but we're just working with the fucking material we yeah, got. Yeah, that's true. You know, which is... Blame the chronicler. Who is the Chronicler? The Chronicler is right alongside the meme smuggler for me. <laughs> do you think, what does he do? Like, is he a superhero? The, the Chronicler? Chronicler? What's his superpower? I don't know, uh, observing history and recording it for posterity? I think that would be more of a supervillain. You, you know? think that'd be a supervillain? Yes, by conquering the past, you can conquer the present. Oh, wow! I, you're giving the Chronicler... Actually, I think that's exactly like what his motivation is. I'm here, doing right? 20 issues for Dark Horse. If you, if you don't know. Oh, on the Chronicler. Mm-hmm. Does he smoke a lot of chronic? That's only the the Arthur Miller version. Wait, Frank Miller. Arthur Miller. Yeah, the <laughs> Arthur Miller version of the Chronicler. <laughs> the Arthur Miller version. Arthur Miller, famous for his for his copious weed references. Yeah. <laughs> the the Arthur Miller version of the Chronicler. He just goes around writing things down until he. It's about repressed emotions. It's about the politics of family, and it's about getting blazed as fuck <laughs> all day. So let's crawl out of that uh, garbage pile for a second. And baby f- Frank and or Arthur Milner. I almost did the wrong one again. 
are not I, part of the garbage pile or part of the American canon, both of them equally. I get one hand on the on the lip of the garbage pile <laughs> and you, you reach out and you just stomp on my fingers just, and I just fall right back in. Just stay down there. Stay down there with us. Live in the garbage Live pile. Live in the garbage okay, pit okay, with okay, us. Okay, 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 okay. We're going to go out right now. So what we're going to do, please, is you're going to hear some music real quick. We're going to take a really quick break and then we're going to come right back. We're going to keep talking about one chronicles you mean first chronicles no i don't <laughs> okay we'll see you in just a second uh bye, uh, bye. baby i think this is going really bad <laughs> Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Nico. And I'm Lauren. And we're talking about First Chronicles. That's First Chronicles, for those of you who don't speak uh, goofy Nico language. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, we're coming back to Chapter 19, mm-hmm. which has a story that's like a direct repeat from Second Samuel, but we actually had cut it from our Second Samuel episode for time. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to get back into it because it's weird as hell. Basically, what happens is Nahash, king of Ammon, right? Nahash, king of Ammon, uh, dies, and David sends a delegation to express his sympathies because he was a fan of of Nahash's father. Yeah, something like that. And then um, the Ammonites think that the delegation is spies, mm-hmm. so they shave off half of each man's beard, cut off their garments in the middle of the buttocks. Mm-hmm. And send them off. And then the best part of this is that David makes them all wait in Jericho until their beards grow back. He basically says, when all these dudes get back, he's like, you guys, you look like shit. This is just embarrassing. For you and me. So I tell you what, go to my, like, summer house, to my cabin, and just, like, lay low for a little while. go to Jericho. Mm -hmm. We're going to put the walls back up to shield everyone from the sight of you. To hide your shame. (laughs) Um, so there's that. And then, like, basically from then on, they're in, like, in, like, an ongoing war with the Ammonites. Which they win pretty handily. Um, well, first they win this thing with the Aramaeans, who are, like, the Ammonites, um, what do you call them? You know, battle buddies. What do you call them? Battle buddies. You nailed it in one. Okay, great. Perfect. (laughs) That's the technical term, right? You got your doctorate in, uh, in military history, right? Yeah, (laughs) yep. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. I, uh, I know all the different army things. (laughs) Your, like, thesis, your thesis was on the big fight em up of 19-something or other. Yeah, exactly. Um, then chapter 20 begins with this line that we had in Second Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. Uh, everybody's favorite time of year. But instead of getting the story of Bathsheba right here, where David sees Bathsheba bathing, he has sex with her mm-hmm. and then has to get rid of her husband because he accidentally gets her pregnant. Our you hero. know, like we can all relate to that. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, instead of that, we get the story of Joab 
Joab is um, David's right hand man, mm-hmm. who he's like my favorite Bible character so far. If you need to go back and listen to Second Samuel, just pause this while we'll wait. Yeah, Joab is awesome. Because uh, he make thing happen. Do it for <laughs> friend. Um, do Do you know how to make the the S sound? The sound. The s- s- Can you say? S- <laughs> like I'm blowing a snake kiss. Yeah, like, like you're blowing s- a snake. S- so you, what you say is he makes <laughs> things. You think this is a teaching moment, but it's happen. not. I'm just trying to teach you how to snake kiss. <laughs> I already know how. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, he makes things happen, and he's just kind of a, a tragic figure. He is um, because he works so hard for David. He's so loyal that he does things that david doesn't like because david is too good yeah david's like too nice too nice he's he's brilliant and everyone loves him but he's almost almost too nice to like maintain power for himself in the rough and tumble world of, of ancient israel of yeah bronze age israel here. yeah and joab does all his dirty work for him and also gets all the punishment for it mm-hmm. anyway chapter 20 talking about joab capturing the city of rabah mm-hmm and then, uh, so that that didn't appear in Second Samuel. That's a discrepancy. And David gets to take the king's crown for himself. Mm-hmm. Some problems here. <laughs> Number one, it explicitly says David remains in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Like that's the direct quote. David remained in Jerusalem, but then he's magically there to take the crown from the king's head and put it on his own head. Another problem: the crown weighs a talent of gold. Do you know how much a talent of gold is? No. 75 pounds. Wow. How does he put that on his head? It's a heavy crown indeed. Well, the crown of Israel is a heavy one to oh, wear. Oh, shit. You think it's symbolic? I do. Why Why did the king of Rabah have it before? Because he's a fucking baller. <laughs> okay. Because he was born to roll like that? Uh, Not baller enough to withstand Joab. Also, if you think about it, 75 pounds of gold is actually not that much gold. She very dense. But it's 75 pounds. I just mean in terms of, like, size. It's still 75 pounds, baby. It doesn't matter. <laughs> also in this chapter, it mentions that Goliath dies. Um, oh, it's a different Goliath, I think. What? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think it's a different Goliath. Why would, you name, why would anybody name their kid after a big dude who got chumped by a little kid? Well, um, they might have named him before Goliath died. Oh, I guess it's in the same. It's in the same. But why would there be another mighty giant warrior named Goliath? Um, I don't know. What I do know is that the Bible is uh, literally true <laughs> and, um, it's the inerrant word of God. There's an explanation. I got it. So, but I was saying, so there are now three stories in the Bible about how Goliath dies or a fellow, a large Philistine warrior named Goliath. Uncircumcised. <laughs> Probably. I haven't checked. Um, well, David checked. He mentioned it a lot. <laughs> you think he, you think he peaked? <laughs> I think he took a pick at that goose. <laughs> There are three stories. <laughs> One in which David is the hero, and two in which some other random mook kills Goliath. Two? Mm-hmm. Because in the first description of David's mighty men, at the end of Second Samuel, it says, oh, and so-and-so was famous because he killed Goliath, a gigantic Philistine. Oh, man. That's confusing. So that's two out of three for not David having done it. I need to think about this. Give me a second. Okay, I've thought about it, and here's the conclusion that I've come to. 
The Bible is literally true, mm-hmm. and it's the inerrant word of God. All right, great. So, chapter <laughs> 21. Chapter 21. Here we get the retelling of the story of the census mm-hmm. um, that happened in 2 Samuel. And to recap what happened in 2 Samuel, God tells David to take a census of Israel, mm-hmm. um, and he does it. But it's a sin that God incited him to do. And Israel is punished for it with a light sprinkling of plague. A plague of David's choice. Yes. Um, and the reason that the census is a sin is it has something to do with, like, David showing off his military might by counting all his soldiers. And um, the reason that God incited him to sin is because, quote, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, which usually means they're... It's like an endless chain of... Anger and revenge and anger and revenge and Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So probably they're like worshiping idols, although that was not... Oh, guaranteed they're worshiping idols. Yeah. I mean, it was not explicitly <laughs> mentioned. Try in... to stop them from worshiping idols. Yeah, God has. <laughs> Even God can't do it. Um, but as our guest in that episode mentioned, mm-hmm. Trill, a.k.a. Ezekiel Cueco, a.k.a. At the Trillist. AKA, a.k.a. the meme smuggler. A.k.a. the meme smuggler. Um... In First Chronicles, it says that Satan made David take the census. Mm-hmm. And this is the first mention of Satan that we've come across. But it's not the first reference that was written. Because like I mentioned, First Chronicles is out of order. Mm. Um, it was written after Job, after Zechariah, and those both mentioned Satan. However, we have unwittingly encountered the word Satan... Many times before this in the Bible. What? Yes. That's why I'm going to bring us into a segment called Lauren's Etymology Corner, where we talk about words. Not to be confused with my Entomology Corner, where I talk about cool, gross bugs. First of all, great name. Second of all, <laughs> awesome intro. Third of all, let's do this. That over there is the Etymology Corner. That's me going over to the Entomology Corner. Again, beautiful Foley work. Now I'm in the Entenmonology corner. That's where I talk about donuts. The Entenmonology yeah. corner. Yeah, the little uh, powdered donuts. It'd be and, easier to get uh, around if you didn't crawl on your belly on the carpet. <laughs> and uh, now I'm going over here to the fourth corner. That's just the shame corner. Okay. Anyway, we have unwitting, unwittingly... Have I ever told you look, you look good in the shame corner before? <laughs> I uh, just want our listeners to know that our relationship is very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Hebrew, the word Satan mm-hmm. literally means... I mean, this is like in ancient Hebrew. I, mean, okay. I didn't learn this in modern Hebrew class. I don't know if it's still this. Day word. one, they put a big Satan <laughs> yeah. on the board. Let's talk about the grand Satan. <laughs> Satan. So, that that word literally translates as adversary or enemy Mm. um and so that's how it was translated into english when it came up before in in all the books that we've previously read hang on let me do a little more fully work oh Oh my god (laughs) that went so poorly let's do it again (laughs) incredible great stuff Um. top-notch radio Why is, 
Why did that happen? <laughs> okay. <laughs> in all the... Why are you doing this? In all the previous books we've read, every time we came across the word Satan, it was translated as something like that, enemy or adversary. For example, uh, in First Samuel, the Philistines say... Um, the quote from my Bible, mm -hmm. from the NIV, is David may turn against us. So in the original Hebrew, it's like he may become a Satan to us. Really? In First Kings, it says the Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary, Hadad of Edomite, of, hmm. or Hadad the Edomite. And so in the original Hebrew, Hadad is a Satan. Wow. Um, then in Job and Zechariah, where like we haven't gotten there yet, but there is like the devil is like a character mm. he becomes hasatan which is the enemy mm. the adversary mm. um and then by the time that first chronicles is written it has already become a proper name satan mm. um and so then when they translated it into greek for the septuagint okay they translated it to the greek word for like adversary or slanderer which is diabolos Oh. And then that's how I got the English word for the devil. So that's my etymology corner. Let me crawl back. Okay, I'm in regular corner now. <laughs> regular corner. Yeah, that's that's what I call the middle of the room. Um, that's some non-Euclidean shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also this room defies the laws of physics. Mm -hmm. um, Technically, so... we can't look at it without going insane. <laughs> so that's... Um, our first encounter with Satan. That's very interesting. It's weird. It's out of order. And, and it's it's very obvious coming to this as somebody that doesn't know anything about the Bible. Like when that line comes up and this one, having read all of the other stuff before it, I was like, mm, big red flag. Like what? Who's Satan? Yeah. And you know. He's suddenly like doing things? Like yeah. what? It's, um, it's interesting because like, okay, so they explain the story of Satan in the Apocrypha. Okay. Which neither of us has read um, firsthand before, right. but we know like basics. We've read it over somebody's shoulder or in a mirror. We, yeah, we read it secondhand. We we bought it at Goodwill. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I don't know how many people during the Chronicler's time uh -huh. would have read the Apocrypha because, I mean, like in Second Kings, we just like rediscovered the Torah, right? Like Josiah, King Josiah just... Right. From the Torah, they were without it for generations. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, this is just my conjecture, but it seems very possible to me that people who are reading First Chronicles over the years, or reading both Chronicles over the years, have had just a more cultural understanding of who the devil is, uh -huh. which is exactly what, like, you and I are bringing to it. In any case, my question is, why didn't the Chronicler just cut this story out like he cut out david's adultery with bathsheba mm -hmm. his uh indirect murder of uriah the hittite mm -hmm. he cut out amnon raping tamar mm -hmm. he cut out absalom killing amnon absalom rebelling against david absalom fucking david's concubines on the roof of the palace uh joab killing absalom like he cut out the whole absalom thing is very important too i feel like yeah, and but so like the chronicler's motivation was, hey, we're a united kingdom, we're a united community, That's... we have a deep history of togetherness, and uh, you know blessings from God. 
like streamlining the story, making it, making the unification clear, making yeah. the idea that, you know, you're a blessed people. We're all, we had a, a good, wise king, two, two of them in a row, honestly, yeah. and that they like kept things going together. And that's the same tradition that we're from. So like, why do we keep the census in, but change it so that it's Satan who incites David to do it and not God? Also, my Bible's footnotes mention every discrepancy except the devil. Really? Yeah. That's like, very strange. They're like, yeah, uh, the numbers are slightly off on this one. Pretty weird, huh? Who knows? And then, like, it just moves on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, are we really going to focus on how the numbers are slightly off? Like, when we have an entirely different, like, cosmological force causing this? Yeah, this it's so such a different story if you if you have like an externalized evil thing causing this to happen. Yeah. As opposed to David and his hubris causing the thing. And God. Or God, yeah. God like paradoxically causing it. Yeah. In order to like accomplish what? I, I don't know. In order to prove that he is God and he controls everything and right. you are a sinner. Yeah, but it's such a different story. I mean, I guess it does fit the idea of like streamlining the history in terms of making it so that David is good and David is wise. And like, even though they were beset by like interference from outside, for example, from this adversary. Hasatan. Yeah, that David was still wise and good, you know. But even then, why leave in the story about the census? It doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. It's ironic because... This book is supposed to, like, give us continuity and smooth everything over. Right. But actually, it's raising, like, the hugest, like, theological question that we've seen so far. Yeah, one of them, for, for sure. Yeah. Although, interestingly, it it introduces that theological conundrum into the same story where we had theological issues the other week. Yeah, that's true. Where we were like, what the fuck does it mean when God makes him do that? That's true. This is, like, a much more theologically so simple version that's true but when you include them both in the bible <laughs> it really yeah it really throws things out of it whack. really opens up like a hall of mirrors mm -hmm. so anyway so that story plays out the same way it does previously obviously yeah where david gets to choose uh his punishment mm -hmm. he chooses three days of plague and um but he's able to end it after one day by being sufficiently penitent mm -hmm. and making a big sacrifice of a bunch of cows or whatever yeah and then he starts prepping solomon to take over the, the crown yes and again like in second samuel he had another son well first he had his son absalom who rebelled and there was a big long civil war with absalom mm -hmm. and then his second oldest son adonijah tried to take over mm -hmm. and he had to like sneak solomon in at the last minute here it's just he just passes along the throne to solomon yeah it's a much much cleaner story that yeah. way no problems and david enumerates the responsibilities of the various people that are going to be in charge of the temple and going to be in charge of the city and well, blah, blah, and blah. And he also makes like these extensive preparations for the temple. He does. Um, which I don't think was in Second Samuel. No. In this one, he's like, he's like gathering up all this gold and silver and everything to make all the chains and the bronze pomegranates and everything that has to go in the temple. Um in this version of the story, David is much more active in the construction of the temple than Solomon is. Yeah. In Second Samuel, he like, there was a 
there was a moment where he was like, hey, God, should I like be building a temple? And God was like, no, 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 your son's going to do it. It's fine. And then on his deathbed, David tells Solomon, by the way, you need to build a temple, build a big cedar house for the for the God. Yeah. But so in this one, he's like, he's actually like doing most of the work. He is. Seems like it. He has a lot of credit for this that he didn't get. In, in this one, he orders the cedar from Tyre. Yeah. The cedar and uh, ash or you or whatever the fuck he orders. Yeah, yeah. And all the like slave labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get, yeah, we get like several chapters about which Levites are going to bake the bread. My notes on this one say, wow, and boring. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and then everyone gives all their personal jewelry to the temple. Mm-hmm. To like, you know, as part of that, uh, gathering all the gold and silver and bronze and stuff. I feel like at other points in history, they've been asked to like everybody cash in your earrings and then we'll build some shit. Although the first time they used it to make a golden cap. So (laughs) that one was too bad. But this one, um, like it says, uh, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, when you have to state several times that like oh yeah they did it freely and willingly it was great everyone wanted to Mm -hmm. they loved it there's no doubt they rejoiced and any other story or interpretation of you hear of this is not true (laughs) so yeah just just letting y'all know Mm -hmm. they loved it it was great they were really excited to do so and then uh david says a prayer and gives the throne to solomon and dies so in this version david tries to like pass on all of his wealth when he dies and it mentions specifically that he has like personal monies that were not included in like the king's stash or whatever yeah which i was struck by because i was like wasn't there that rule when they first asked for kings and they got the big list of rules for kings that you couldn't add to you couldn't your, have horses you couldn't add to your flock of horses yeah. you couldn't use the kingship to get many horses <laughs> yeah whatever. look <laughs> there was a strict horse limitation mm-hmm. on the king um but they may have already lost the Torah at this point. That's a good point. Right, so like they King, don't know those King Josiah is going to discover it, rediscover it. Actually, no, they haven't because it goes in the temple. Mm. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what David was doing. Uh, he certainly used his position as king to enrich himself in terms of wives. Mm-hmm. So maybe there were some horses in there too. And maybe some of the horses were made of gold. <laughs> maybe some of the horses had wives of their own. <laughs> And I'm sure the genealogy of their horse babies will be covered in Chronicles, but maybe not this book of Chronicles. Oh, you're talking about, uh, as for all the horses' deeds, are they not covered in the book of Chronicles? (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. Great. You could write the fucking Bible. Look at this. I know. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say, listeners, is that our time this week has come to an end. Because that's the end of 1 Chronicles. But even though the book has ended, that doesn't mean the episode is over because we have one important thing to do, Lauren. What's that? It's time to rate this book. <gasps> okay. I take this duty very seriously. Not seriously enough not to cough onto the mic. Would you like me to start? Yes. Okay. I will give this book one Chronicles. I'm going to give it three out of 11 holy utensils. Wow. That's a low rating. It is quite the low rating. Uh, can you tell me more about that rating? Yeah, this bad. This no good. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, actually, in Hebrew, mm-hmm. 
when you're talking in the present tense, you do not use the verb to be. Mm, I didn't so know that. You do say like, zera, zelotov. <laughs> this bad, this is not good. Awesome. So this has nine chapters of genealogy. At least. None of which sunk in in the least or seem to have any significance in, in religious or literary terms. Except for He-Man the Musician. He's, he's pretty cool. So I dock at a bunch of points for wasting time. Also, it's a clip show. I fucking hate clip shows unless the framing device is really good. <laughs> and spoiler alert, the framing device was not good because there wasn't one. It was just the chronicler writing down whatever he wanted to justify like the continuity of Jewish identity during the Babylonian exile. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but it gets points for goofy stuff, as always in Bibble. Um, it also had Joab in it. He my man. Um, oh, uh, it had Mighty Men. Top-notch stuff. Bringing back a classic from several books ago. Yeah, Snowy Pit. Lion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 300 Men. Top-notch stuff. But besides that, uh, it didn't really have a lot of plot or that hasn't been covered already. No. Um, it didn't have anything especially interesting in it besides the first mention of Satan, which I would feel awkward about rating it up for. <laughs> uh, you haven't accepted our Lord and Savior, the Grand Satan Satan. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, Hail Lucifer. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much the reason for my rating. What about you? I'm going to give it one out of five 75-pound crowns. Okay. Yeah, because it's repetitive, it's boring, it's out of order, and it's theologically troubling. (laughs) Slam. (laughs) I would go so far as to say it's blasphemous. Why are you attributing to Satan? The acts of God? Yeah, the acts of God. That's an excellent question, my dear. What I'm saying is... Fuck Chronicles and fuck the Chronicler. No, I'm not saying that. Oh, my God. I'm going to hell. No, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Okay. Retracted and protracted. <laughs> Re-unretracted. <laughs> so that is actually going to do it for the episode tonight. Um, of course, we'd like to give a big thank you to Lauren because this is her final episode as I fired her earlier in the show. That's true. Uh, this is a joke. So we'll be moving my on. My life is a joke. I'm a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the garbage pile we live in is a joke. Um, we want to apologize to all our listeners for foisting this trashy podcast upon their ears. Mm-hmm. And, we love you uh, very much. Soiling their brains with our filth. Where can they find us? They can find us on Twitter at, at @sunschooldrop, on our website at sundayschooldropouts.lol, or on Facebook at, uh, you know, search for Sunday School Dropouts, but it's like the URL is sunschooldrop. If you want to send us email, you can do so. You can send email with uh, questions, comments, uh, insults, hmm, maybe recipes. Ooh, recipes. Do you have any biblical recipes? Yeah. Like if you want to tell us how to make some of that offering cake, the f- offering flat cakes. We'd be delighted to do it. We would we would bake it, and we've never baked a fucking thing in our lives. That's not true. I've baked plenty of um, cookie dough that I bought from the store. <laughs> so... Listeners, there you go. Big Master Lauren over yeah, here. Yeah, that's what they call me. If you want to send us anything, you can do it by sending it to contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. 
uh, prominently featured on SundaySchoolDropouts.lol, you will also find our delightful logo and art, which is done by Elise Carlton. Thank you to Elise. Thank you to Nico for our everything, our editing, our sound engineering, our You're music. You're my everything, my dear. Uh, thank you to me for nothing. <laughs> I'm the dead weight dragging this podcast down. Um, but if you just mute the parts where I'm talking, <laughs> it's a really great podcast. You can also follow me at Lauren E. O'Neill on Twitter. <laughs> O'Neill spelled like Shaquille spells it. Um, and you can, if you want, rate us on iTunes. If you want to join an elite group of beautiful, intelligent, powerful, magnetic, magnetic, fragrant, fragrant, in a good way, sexually insatiable <laughs> people <laughs> you can rate and review us on itunes yep what do these people say what do these fucking gods amongst men and women say we're gonna read you some right now they say things like five out of five speckled goats yeah that one is from b star 527 and uh the reviews have nailed it nailed it look can you believe the efficiency of the pros? I would say that he or she nailed that review. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. You could also be like the brilliant god or goddess that is goodbye misery, who says, fun way to brush up on your familiarity with an important piece of literature. And I think <laughs> there's a lot of potential for this podcast to continue getting better as it goes. And three out of three listeners found that review helpful. Wow. That's remarkable. This this is who listens to this show. Fucking beautiful human beings. What was that one titled? Seven out of seven circumcised hearts. Oh, shit. Look, we're through the looking glass here, people. <laughs> and by that, I mean we love you all very much. But if you want to help spread the word to other like-minded, beautiful, brilliant people like yourselves, the best way to do it is by joining the hallowed ranks of our iTunes raters and reviewers. It's true. If you need instructions on how to do that, feel free to send me an email or text me. You got my number, baby. <laughs> and I will instruct you personally on how to do this. Otherwise, that is our show for this week. Lauren, do you have anything else to say? No. Okay. We will see you next week on the Sunday School Dropouts podcast. I'm Nico. I'm Lauren. Bye.